welcome again to the Grower Radio Network. I'm Matt McClellan. I'm here today with our podcast guest, Scott Zanon, the author and horticulturist who is here to tell us about his new book, Landscaping with Trees in the Midwest, a guide for residential and commercial properties. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Matt, thanks for having me today. Great. So uh, tell us a little bit about what drove you to write this book, Scott. Well, in 2003, uh, I was on the Green Committee at the Ohio State University Golf Club, and uh, then Director of Athletics, Annie Geiger, asked me to chair the Scarlet Restoration Committee, which is a committee that we're going to uh, do some restorations, renovations to the um, wonderful uh, Ohio State University Scarlet Golf Course, one of the last courses designed by Alistair McKenzie. Mm -hmm. During that time, we uh, took down quite a few trees, on uh, on the golf course property, and which is, has become a common occurrence around the country with trees, because trees were planted haphazardly in the 30s and 40s, and uh, there was no thought for what type of tree or how large the tree would become, etc. So there were a lot, and continue to be a lot of overgrown um, trees out on golf courses. And when you're trying to grow grass as short as they do, uh, it needs all the sunlight it can, and it was it was causing issues with with the, the turf quality. So anyway, make a long story short, we, we took down a bunch of trees and I started thinking, well, you know, if we ever want to put more trees back in, what types are there, to, you know, is there any guide out there to recommend? And I researched it and there really wasn't. So I had some encouragement from some folks at Ohio State, some uh, former professors, and decided that I was going to write my first book, which was called Desirable Trees for the Midwest, um, which has now morphed, and that was published in 2009, and this has now morphed into Landscaping with Trees in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. The first book had 50 trees. This one has 15 more for a total of 65. Okay. Uh, a second uh, asset or a phase of, of it was obviously the infestation of emerald ash borer. So um, this book now uh, is taken on sort of a new side with also all these trees in these books would be recommendations for people to replace uh, ash trees that have been uh, stricken with the, the emerald ash borer. Okay. So uh, tell me a little bit more about that, uh, that section of the book that's devoted to EAB. Uh, can you tell us some of the uh, ash alternatives that you mentioned in the book that, are, uh, do, that do well in the Midwest? Well, yeah. Obviously, everybody knows the Amaranth Edge Forest started up in Michigan and hit the Toledo area hard and has now worked south into the Columbus area and is spreading all across the Midwest. I'm on the tree commission here in, in the community I live in, uh, Upper Arlington, and we've been devastated by the Amaranth Edge Forest. Mainly afflicts uh, for for us landscapers the um, in, in the landscape the white and the green ash. Uh, but also affects the blue and the black ash. But the white and green are the predominant ones in the landscape. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because it's it's it's, it's sad. It's it's tr- it's truly sad what's what's happening to them. Um, some trees that I would consider ash alternatives for people to plant in in their in their you know landscape lawns etc. Uh, you know an ash tree is essentially a um, a deciduous what I consider a a large tree shade tree. So here's some alternatives that I would I would think of the the American elm. Um, 
some of the Dutch uh, elm disease-resistant cultivars like Valley Forge, which is one of my favorites, uh, New Harmony, uh, Jefferson, and Princeton. Uh, the black tupelo or the black gum uh, would be a nice, a nice uh, alternative. Uh, European beech is a, is a great tree. Uh, Japanese alcova and some of the new cultivars out there like uh, green bays and village green. Uh, forest oaks, uh, although they're a bit slow growers, the, the sawtooth oak, Quercus acutissima, sorry, um, also provides a little bit of yellow fall color. Uh, the schumard oak. Uh, of course, you know, sh sugar maples are, are, and some of the cultivars out there are always uh, great trees. Uh, a buckeye tree I would recommend would be the yellow buckeye, not the common Ohio buckeye, but the, the yellow buckeye, Aeschylus octandra. Uh, ginkgo uh, has always been one of my favorites, uh, although it's, you, know, you have to have patience. It's a very slow grower. Um, some of the red maple cultivars uh, out there that are very, very popular, um, and I, I think uh, there's, there's, a, there's an elm tree out there now called the Frontier Elm that I think uh, would be a nice alternative. It's, it's a great street tree. Um, it gets nice burgundy uh, fall color. So th those are some, um, some alternatives that I, I think people should look at uh, to replace ash. Okay, great. Thank you. Now, I know you, you write in the book about, uh, about selection and, and making sure that you're uh, – that you have the right tree in the right place. Uh, what are some of the keys that either growers or, or landscapers can can keep in mind when thinking about a particular uh, place and which tree would work best there? Well, we've all seen the the disasters out there in landscapes where where people have planted the the, the wrong tree uh, in the wrong place, or it could be the right tree, <laughs> but they just planted in in the wrong place. Uh, I like to work backwards. Um, you know, number one, I, I think you should first look at whatever tree that you you like that, that you want to plant. Uh, look at its mature size, not what it looks like now, but what it's going to look like uh, at its maturity. Find out you know its, its height and its width, and see see if it's going to fit. You know, don't, don't try to put a large tree into a small area or a small tree into a, a large area. You've, you've got to use a little bit of common sense there. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, check the environment. Is, is it a shady area? Is it a partial shade area? Is, is, it, a, is it a sunny area? You know, you want to fit the tree um, into the environment that it's going to, to thrive in. Um, third thing, obviously, you know, the, the soil. Is it, is it alkaline? Is it neutral? Is it acidic? You know, you want to plant a tree that's got, that, that needs certain, if it needs certain pH requirements, it should be inherent into the soil that's going to be planted in. Uh, fourth thing I would look at would be the uh, proper zone. Is, is, it, is it a hardy tree? Don't plant a zone, <laughs> try to plant a zone six tree into a zone four area. It's not going to survive. And uh, probably the last thing would be, you know, I call it the, the owner's uh, characteristics. What, what does the owner want in a tree? Does the owner want fall color? Do they want a tree with spring flowers? Do they want an ornamental tree? Do they want a tree, maybe a theme with, with winter interest or peeling bark? Uh, one of the nice things about my book uh, is that uh, each of the 65 trees that I've chosen, there are five color photographs for each tree, showing the tree in different stages, uh, which is really, really nice. Uh, it makes a great, great reference point. 
And another great thing in the book is the, the plant usage guides, both in scientific name and in, in common names. There are 20 different plant usage guides in the book. Um, you know, trees that are large, uh, small, medium, trees for fall color, trees for summer flowering, uh, trees for winter interest, uh, trees for shade areas, trees for screens, uh, etc. So uh, that, that also is, is very, very, very useful. Excellent. So as far as, I know you said there's 65 trees in the book. Uh, what, do you think you could give me uh, maybe your, your personal top five or so? And maybe you've covered some of them already in the Ash Alternatives. Yeah, I, a few of them I have, but sure, I'd, I'd be happy to mention. You know, okay. there, might be, there might be five to ten here. But uh, as far as uh, conifers, you know, I, I think the, the, the white fur or the concolor fur has always been one of the most beautiful furs out there. Uh, it can be a bit fickle, but uh, when it when it when it shines, it really shines. It's really really a nice tree. Um, the common bald cypress, which is actually a deciduous conifer, it actually loses its leaves uh, in the fall after a beautiful russet uh, fall color. Um, that that is a very versatile, urban tolerant tree that does well in both dry areas and in areas that uh, you know have can have wet wet feet. Um, I'm going to tell you that this this is this is my one of my favorite trees, and and maybe if the nurserymen out there are listening, uh, they may want to try to grow more of these because I think it's going to be, become very popular. It's called Persian Parodia, Parodia persica. Mm-hmm. It's almost a four season plant. I just I just love it. It comes in a tree form, or it comes in a multi stem shrub form. Um, in the spring, it gets uh, pretty inconspic- inconspicuous uh, maroon flowers, and then it gets um, Beautiful, uh, almost uh, witch hazel-like, which is it is a relative to dark green, glossy leaves, um, exfoliating, uh, peeling bark on it, which sort of a mottled appearance, which is very attractive. And then in the fall, it uh, just beautiful colors of, of oranges, yellows, reds, and purples. So uh, that, that is definitely one of my favorite trees. Uh, another one would be the, the paper bark maple. Uh, a lot of people know that tree. It can be a little pricey, but it is absolutely gorgeous. The, the peeling uh, bark on it, uh, sort of a cinnamony look, and then the absolutely gorgeous uh, fall colors of, of, of reds and oranges, just really, really attractive. Uh, serviceberry, uh, serviceberries out there, particularly the the uh, Allegheny serviceberry, has always been one of my, my favorite trees. Again, more of a four-season uh, plant with spring flowers and then the the fruit and then the dark green leaves and then some striped bark and the, the awesome fall fall colors um again both shrub form and tree forms out there one of uh mike durr who everybody knows michael durr and his all his books out there um, one of the, one of his favorite trees uh, i think he mentioned his favorite tree is the katsura tree uh cercidophyllum japonicum uh uh, comes in some different forms, some weeping forms and straight straight species forms. It's very very attractive. Uh, I had mentioned another one called the black tupelo, uh, black gum. Again, I think is, is a fabulous tree. Uh, does a little better in some of the uh, lower pH soils, but uh, I, I I really really like that tree. Ginkgos, you know, I think ginkgo is a is a great tree. You have to have patience because it does take a long time. To, to grow. Okay. I think it is it is an absolutely uh, terrific t- 
tree, uh, a lot of neat characteristics, and obviously the, the fall color is, is always outstanding. Um, I think the last one, I'll, last maybe two I'll leave you with would be uh, the white fringe tree, uh, Cyanantha virginicus, actually a native tree. Uh, the, the spring flowering is just spectacular, and the fragrance is just outstanding. And the uh, European beech, the Fagus sylvatica, uh, all the different cultivars out there in different forms of that, I think uh, the, the, you know, those are a, a cluster of some of my favorites. Excellent. All right. Well, a lot of great trees listed there. I really uh, want to thank you for appearing on the podcast today, Scott. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. Thank you. All right. And Landscaping with Trees in the Midwest is uh, published by Ohio University Press. It's available from bookstores and online booksellers as well. Or you can order it directly from the publisher at www.ohioswallow.com or from Scott's own website, desirabletrees.com. Uh, thanks again, Scott, for being with us on the Grow Radio Network today. Thank you. Thank you.